Ernest, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over and start using it now. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know, the thing about making history, you never really try to make it. It just happens. The journey started with an iPhone and an idea and it led to our living room, creating content that changed the world forever. Earn Your Leisure Podcast, episode six, time flies. Like we always say, man, we came up with no expectations, just knowing that we wanted to educate people, especially from our community. Oh my God, assets overvalue and all these great things. And like, these are the results of it, man. People have been supporting at a tremendous level, so thank you so much for the support. And we got some more stuff we got coming up.
Invest Fest is the festival that the world needed but never had. Backdrop. So we took things into our own hands and made it happen for the world and provide the culture. Shout out to yourselves for being in the right place every yeah. day. Invest Fest is the premier destination for investors around the world. It's a sanctuary for all entrepreneurs and investors. It's the yearly pilgrimage to bring brands and businesses together and push them to new heights. Welcome, Welcome to InvestFest, where culture and commerce connect. Ernest, what's going on? Traditional universities are outdated and don't teach you how to become an entrepreneur. They just teach you how to become an employee. You go to school for four years and you leave with nothing but debt. But here at EYL University, our curriculum is much different. Our university teaches you real world skills that you can use to gain financial freedom right away. In traditional universities, you learn from professors that have never did what they teach, and they teach you how to become an employee. At our university, we use instructors that are currently successful in a specific field that they teach, and they teach you how to become an entrepreneur. For a limited time only, you can join EYL University for 25% off of the annual membership. Learn about stocks, credit, real estate, crypto, and more. Go to EYLUniversity.com right now and sign up to become an earner. Don't wait, don't hesitate, head over there now. My graduates from my school being Forbes, bag drop. Bag drop. <laughs> a mic drop, bag drop. Bag drop. All right, guys, welcome back. EYL, LA edition. This is the last. This is the last of, the, morning. of an epic run, man. <laughs> Probably our best run of content that we've ever had. Uh, so shout out to LA. So we had to end this with a with a, a grand finale. And um, yeah, for sure. So no you know, pressure. <laughs> no pressure. This is a perfect way to for end sure, it. For sure, yeah. And every every time we go to any place, we always tap in with the people that's really doing things in the community. Not to say that anybody else isn't, but you know, there's people that are really from the community, that's tapped into the community, that's making a difference in the community. Hometown heroes. This is a hometown hero. That's a fact. Yeah. Um, so my man Stick, thank Watts. Mm -hmm. um, if you are familiar with LA, you know about Watts. Like That's like a legendary community um, in L in Los Angeles. And uh, Sticks is like the mayor of Watts, man. Like every time yeah, I see him, he's bigger than the mayor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. talk that, talk that he talk. He's the president. Oh man, yeah. talk that to, man, the ruler, the ruler, <laughs> the shake. Where's the where's the trumpets? Right, Need the trumpets. Nah, Sticks. Um, he does a little bit of everything. He's a musician. He's a community activist. Teaches financial literacy. He's heavily involved in all of the major sports teams mm -hmm. in Los Angeles. He's a thought leader, connector of people. And he's just one of these guys, like, you know, it's always like one person in the community that's just like, that's the man in the community. For whatever you need, connection, it's just like one or two people that, like, can connect anything. Man, and cable boxes, funnel yeah. <laughs> cakes. Doing it all. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Debit card. For sure. So we, we actually met a few years ago. Shout out to our homegirl, Nicole Russell. And um, it was just a dope vibe, dope yeah. energy. And I said, like, y'all want to get you on the show. And uh, it took a few years to actually make it happen, but 
everything happens in divine time. It was like time. two years. It wasn't that long. We had a whole pandemic for a year. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That's so a fact. So technically, if we count, if we take that out, it only been like a year. That's I mean, a that's, fact. That's quick moves. <laughs> that's a fact. Quick moves. So we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff today. Um, but first and foremost, thank you for joining us. Appreciate no, it. Thank you, man. I, I'm a fan. Like, I'm honored to be here with y'all. Like, real talk. I ain't just that's gassing. Not. This is, this is, I was watching y'all before y'all even knew Sticks existed. And just so, the information that y'all offer to the world is countless. And I mean, I'm sitting in the presence of number one show. <laughs> the <laughs> big show. Love, like, come on, number one. I mean, not number two, not number three, but number one. That's a fact. You know what I mean? Charting high. Like, man, I'm about to, let's clap that up <laughs> for that. Like, you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Nah, I um, I'm appreciate thankful, that. man. That's I'm love. really That's thankful love. to be here. I real. appreciate it. I appreciate it. So let's jump into it. So, all right. You from Watts? Yes, sir. Um, how did you get? So the first thing I want to talk about is the financial literacy. Yes, sir. Work that you're doing. So yeah. um, tell me about your path mm-hmm. growing up in Watts and getting into financial literacy. I'm assuming it wasn't taught in school no when you was in school. No chance. So how'd you how'd you follow down that path? Uh, like every other individual from the hood, that forces you to become financially literate is you go broke a few times. Mm. Uh, I was able to make a significant amount of money in publishing, music publishing. Okay. I did a publishing deal. I developed Iggy Azalea, blah, blah, blah. Wrote oh, you was writing for her? I wrote everything. For her? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah? Wrote, co-produced, the whole nine. That whole run, like Ignorant Art, Glory, when mm. she was with Tip, yeah. uh, Trap Gold, all of that. I was a part of all of them, like my name on the, on the stuff. And um, all the way from the development tour manager uh, with the homegirl, Peasy. Um, uh, her choreographer taught her how to perform on stage the whole time. It was doing everything. That was you? you? You did all that? Yeah. Yeah, real talk. And so I ended up getting a pub deal from Universal. Crazy. They even said it was one of the craziest pub deals they ever seen mm. to somebody who didn't have no previous placements or nothing. So I did a crazy, crazy number. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. Praise a lot. You started out being an artist at first, right? Yeah, yeah. So, man. You finna make me dig back. <laughs> <laughs> the entertainment bug came from Crump Dancing. I'm one of the co-founders of Crump Dancing. That whole oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah. So no, the rise I'm not movie. Try it. I'm not gonna try yeah, it. Yeah, don't I'm either. <laughs> pull a muscle or something. <laughs> um, so rise the movie happened because uh, shout outs to homies Fly, Rich, and Tone, who are big choreographers, who were part of the uh, documentary that came out at the time. Yeah. They came to me, came up to me at a a. a like a Matrix 2 skit thing where we were dancing at. It's like, we want to holler at you about this movie we're shooting. It's called Rise. And David LaChapelle, the director, and he uh, he want to get you in your group because y'all do this dance that we ain't never seen before. I was like, straight up. So David LaChapelle, the David, not yeah. not to be cute, confused with David Chappelle, yeah. but David LaChapelle reached out to me like, hey, I want to, I'm shooting this movie. I want to put, you know, the, the, the dance you got they didn't even know what it was called yeah. when i put the dancer you and the dancers on in my movie i was like yo dave um i ain't the sharpest knife in the drawer but i'm like 20 years old keep in mind or something like that it's going to theaters he like yeah i'm like well we should get paid and he like no nah, it's exposure <laughs> i said nah man it's like a bunch of us, man, and we from the hood. We don't got nothing. Like, we wear the same clothes, like, every day. Like, no, some of us don't got washing machines and stuff like that. And we in Compton and Watts just getting off. Like, we, this is how we re- release this, this trauma. Like, you got to give us something. 
He like, nah, man, take it or leave it. And if you try to stop me, I'm gonna make sure you never make money in Hollywood ever. Hey, yeah, he told you that straight up. I said, "Fuck you!" Hung <laughs> <laughs> up in my face and did the movie anyway. Got everybody to do it. Nobody got paid, and now that motherfucker on Netflix and was sold to Lionsgate. So, you know, to be continued. Oh, um, he got he got he got your homies to do it. Yeah, we they was broke. Yeah, young young niggas in the hood. With no money, no nothing. So I feel it, bad watching now that I've watched that movie a few times. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, don't worry, it's gonna come back full. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got yeah, too yeah. many connections to build this this new movie, this new story with the real story. But anyhow, so from there, when all of that run ended, I was like, man, I don't even want to dance no more. Like, whole another story is in the dance world. What pushed me to music was I would get booked for everything. Right, they would always try to book me when we got agent, uh, agent and these choreographers developed a union to protest crump dancers getting gigs. And, and I ain't never told this story. Like they literally, they were with block dance agency and they formed this union and was like, if y'all keep booking them for gigs, we'll leave your agency. So they end, I was the one who, I was the first, I was like the Kanye of crump dancer. Like I was the sacrificial lamb. And if anyone doesn't know, that's like with the hand movements. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, hey, it's lit. It's lit. Like yeah, yeah, that's, uh, man, that's like a three. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. It's cool. I'll take it. It's, 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 so, so, so you was a pioneer in creating. 100%. One of the, one of the pioneers. Okay. Like I never take credit for creating it. Yeah. But I was one of the pioneers. I had the biggest group in Crump. It was called Cartoons. And um, we were the ones to take crump dancing worldwide like we were the reason why the movie came out why uh it ended up moving all over la county going to the ie inland empire for those who don't know like yeah. who around the world inland empire is like uh, marino valley where Kauai san bernardino were, san bernardino yeah, yeah. you know what i mean riverside etc uh and so from there uh they formed this union to block me from getting paid right from booking gigs so I end up not being able to do commercials and stuff because they had this union saying that they're not going to work if they keep booking me for gigs because I couldn't do choreography. I couldn't pick it up. It's just something I couldn't do, mm -hmm. but I can crump dance. And that's what the directors and everybody liked. It was like, what is this new thing? We want to expose it. So anyhow, long story short, after all of that faded away, I was like, I'm done with the dance world. It's just, it's just too, too much hatred and negativity and, I can't progress and I lost the love for dancing. And what was the next thing? Music. I had a homie named Bad Luck from Watts. Uh, Bad Luck actually uh, used to be signed with like uh, Snoop, who was in a group called Western Union. He also wrote uh, a couple big records with Snoop. And um, Bad Luck would always be in the hood. He drove a Jeep with uh, Dayton's. Something <laughs> crazy. Mustard rims. <laughs> and so uh, he had this producer named Rick Rude. Now, to bring people, to jog people's memory, Rick Rude produced Cater to You for Destiny's Child mm. and uh, Lose My Breath and all of those crazy records for Destiny's Child. But Rick Rude was from the hood. He he was signed to Rodney Jerkins, uh, a.k.a. Dark Child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. legend. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so Rick Rude was producing all Bad Luck's music just on the strength because we was all homies. And I would hear this stuff and I was like, Dang, man, I want to do that. And Bad Luck was like, do it. 
I was like, how the fuck? What am I supposed to do? He was like, you probably already know how to do it. Can you do poetry? I was like, yeah, I can do poetry. He was like, it's similar to that. But here's how you count bars. Taught me how to count bars. And then the rest is history. And he would come every, every since that day when I told him I wanted to rap. He would pull up every day with a different freestyle. Like, first freestyle I heard was Hot 9-7, Rockefeller freestyle. Yeah, that's, legend, that's a legendary. The Yo, legendary. That's a legendary. H Money Bags. <laughs> He's only 16. He's only Young 16. Chris. Young Chris. <laughs> like, that was my first, like... Listening to a real bar. Kids die on a holiday. Kids die, right. Styles die on a holiday. I'm on your block like the first 15. <laughs> right. um, <my. laughs> Yo. AKs in their hands. Oh my god. Let the SK rap for your chest. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Long kiss. Yeah. Man, ain't no life after the death. death. Yo, peepaw handless. I rock your bells like, like L. I ain't cannabis, nigga. Yo, all right, now we're going to stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to stop. We're going to stop. So that was the first thing he played for me. I was like, yo, I got to do this. I, w- I just caught the bug. And then I would listen to, then I heard the Can- uh, Cassidy free- uh, Freeway battle. Ooh. Oh, you was heavy in Philly. You was heavy with the Philly wave. Yo, there was a dude named Hollow. Hollow the Don. Hollow the Don. Hollow the Don, yeah. Yo, Ness, obviously. Yeah. All of them. I had a DVD. The Smack DVD? Yeah, with yeah. all of the <laughs> Yo. <laughs> that was when I got heavy in the battle rap. I, Hollow the Don was my favorite battle rapper back then. Like, yo, this nigga's nasty. <laughs> he was tough. He was definitely tough. tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely and tough. so listening to that, the hot nine seven. Then I would um that's when I got into all of the discs, the Jada Kids, Beans, Beef. Uh yo, it was so yo, yeah. it's it's just jogging my memory. Yeah, yeah. that was a time, that was a moment, it was a moment. Fall in love with rap. Yeah. And from there, I was like, yo, I just I went in my home. Every day I would write like six, seven records. How do you count? I always hear that term, count bars. A bar, obviously, is just like 16 lines. It's like you just write a sentence and that's a bar? Yeah. Like, so how do you count? It's, a, it's like like dance, music, anything in music, like there's uh, there's counts. So it's like one, two, three, one, one. Every four counts is a bar. Mm. So no matter how fast, how slow, every four counts is a bar. So one, two, three, one, one, two, three. Two. Cicadence. Yeah, exactly. So with that, you just do that 16 times. That's 16 bars. That's how you, that's the science and the math behind how you count bars. So when, you, when you're when you writing, mm-hmm. you're writing with that like. In my. Okay. You, usually, so you, you don't just write. I never rap before. So in my brain, I'm thinking I'm just writing a bunch of stuff. I mean, but then, that's what, te- now that's what music is. Okay. It's really, nobody really follow bars because it's, it's truly music is an expression. Yeah. yeah. So you really just want to do what's at the heart. But if you're trying to make radio records, then you want to be conscious of this kind of stuff, right? And it needs to be a certain format because scientifically it works and because you don't, you don't want to have a song that's fucking nine minutes long. Yeah. So you go by bar structure. And an engineer going there, edit, edit your shit up and make sure it fits perfectly. Like a hook is usually eight bars. Right, right, right. Every song you listen to on the radio, it will probably follow this structure. It'll be 16 bar verse or eight bar verse or 12 bar verse. Something like that in an eight bar hook or three, four bar. Three hook. verses and two hooks. No, three verses is obsolete now. Yeah. Um, nobody really do three verses no more because it just makes the song longer and people's attention span is like, yeah, you know what I mean? So, um, so usually it'll be about two verses. Usually you hear songs with about two, two verses. Two verses and a fade. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. about it. 
So, you know, so music, you know, came along. That's how the birth of my music stuff, right? Just yeah. to answer the quick digression mm -hmm. back to the original point. And from the music, I ended up, you know, just staying active, man. My first thing I ever did, I did a mixtape, bro, on a, um, it was a program called Magic's Music Maker. And I plugged it up to my, plugged up a, old, a microphone from Target for like $7 <laughs> and plugged it into the computer straight through the headphone jack and was rapping through the shit over everybody else beats. Cause I was, I used to love 50, all his mixtape, 50's mixtape. 50 was like one of my favorite artists back then. Cause he made incredible songs, mm. right? So I would try to make songs and I did it. And my mixtape ended up going in Nietzsche, the brand, clothing oh, brand. Oh, clothing brand, yeah. Sponsored the mixtape. The quality was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> they sponsored the mixtape, put like three grand into it. We put it in this Grammy's gifting suite bag and we gave out like 500 copies to like, it was everybody. It was Russell Simmons and all kind of people there. So that was my first thing I've ever done. And then after that, I ended up doing, this one, Bobby Valentino was like, had slow down. Yeah, 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 I ended yeah. up doing a mixtape called The Next of Both Worlds. Like when Jay-Z and Hole. Yeah, went, Best of Both Worlds. Yeah. That guy. Yeah, dude. <laughs> did uh, did uh, Next of Both Worlds. I was like, yo, who's younger doing the next version of that? So I hit up Bobby right when slow down hit number one. I had a relationship with him through his manager named Poon Daddy. Shout out to Poon. He worked with Ludacris at DTP, and he wanted to mess with my cousin, and he was like, he fell in love with my cousin, and I used to tell my cousin, uh, Kiki, I'm like, Kiki, man. Stay with him. <laughs> Yo, what you doing? Like, get me on. <laughs> Don't leave him till I'm right. going. Like, and it was, it was crazy. That's a whole other story. Um, so Kiki, you know, end up getting Poon to listen to my joints. And Poon was like, yo, this nigga hard. Where he from? He like, she like, he from Watts. Poon from the West Side. He from LA. I thought he was from Atlanta. He had the fronts and everything. I'm like, I'm like, he's like, no, I'm from over here. Like, West Side. I got a dude who helped raise me from West Side Road in the 60s, uh, DK uh, Toon, um, little cartoon. Um, obviously, he older. He ain't really about that. But that was like one of my mentors growing up. He one who pulled me off of the streets when I was doing like, selling weed and like check shit like all kind of crazy shit right and um he pulled me off the street like no nah, you too talented to be doing that kind of stuff so anyhow he was like yeah i know poon and he called poon like yo you know my my little my little homie sticks out here doing his music thing and then once poon got the call from toon everything was real gucci because he liked my cousin mm -hmm. toon little cartoon called him dk and told him that who i was and he was like yo i got you whatever you need he ended up connecting me to Bobby. I ended up running up, running into Bobby at the Fox Hills Mall. Like, yo, Boone told you I'm trying to do this mixtape. So, you know, Bobby from Atlanta, he don't really know yeah. nobody. He probably think I was pressing him like, I'm going to rob you, nigga. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> so Bobby, like, whatever, gave me this when Next Tale Chirps was out. And he gave me his chirp. I hit that nigga next day. What's up, man? You coming to the studio? He's like, I'll be that. So Boone got behind it again. It was like, I'm going to set it up. Just have everything ready. I called the homies, fifteen hundred or nothing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know them? Them, them my brothers. Like oh, yeah, yeah. I called fifteen hundred or nothing. Like yo, and the homie Swift D. 
I said, yo, I got Bobby Valentino, man, because they was already kind of the band doing his live shit. Fifteen hundred nothing. They do the they do the um drums and all yeah, that, right? Yeah, dude. They're full yeah. musicians, yeah. hit makers, studios, crazy uh, band, yeah, fucking entrepreneurs. They're crazy right now. They like next level. But back then they were the live band. Yeah, for Bobby. And I was like, yo, Bobby gonna come to the studio. I need beats. They came through with like five beat CDs. And we did an album in three days. Mm. Like we did six songs and seven songs in one day, me and Bobby. Just was put it on, boom, put it on, boom, put it on, boom. I put that mixtape out on CD Baby, iTunes, before any, before it was even a independent, was even a conversation like put your music digital and all of that. This one, it was super difficult to even figure out how to get your stuff on iTunes. I put that shit out, man. We did like stupid. It was stupid because he was number one with Slow Down. Yeah. Then I had, then we did a remix. It was all over the radio to Slow Down. 1500 produced it. 1500 ended up getting a placement on Bobby Valentino's album from that session. You know, because it was a song we was working. I was like, no, nah, Bobby, you just do this by yourself. And hopefully it, and it made the album. So that's like, it's crazy how like it all ties in. Yeah, that, and that mixtape actually catches the eye of another dude from Watts that the world might know, Tyrese Gibson. Man, so <laughs> this is how that come together. I end up getting with my homie Chords, right? Me and Chords developed Iggy together, right? Chords, how'd you how'd you meet Iggy? Chords. Okay. I'm gonna tell you that story okay. real fast. It's funny. It's hilarious. So Chords. Um, Tyrese, that's what we talking. Chords and me did a song with BJ the Chicago Kid. He's dope. Yeah, he's dope. Dope, dope. We did a song called Eyes of a Broke Man. Where that song comes from is I took that line from Beans. Looking to the eyes of a, you know what I'm saying? In the freestyle. Yeah, 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 so yeah. I turned that into a song. Tyrese ended up hearing that song. I was like, yo, who is this? BJ have a brother named Scooter who played the drums. Scooter was like, yo, this my this the homie Sticks. He was like, who is Sticks? He was like, oh, Sticks from Watts. Tyrese was like, Sticks from Watts? What's his real name? <laughs> he was like, I don't know, Brandon. He was like, you talking about my little, my, 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 like my little cousin Brandon? Well, he didn't say that, but like my little homie Brandon that grew up on 100th Street? He was like, I don't, Scooter's like, I don't know, I'm from Chicago. <laughs> he was like, tell him to come up here. Scooter called me that night. I was, I was, I don't even know where I was. Um, oh, I got dropped off by the homie, the homegirl, um, at the time. And she, uh, she, they dropped me off at the studio because they knew Tyrese too. And Tyrese was like, as soon as I got off the elevator, he was like, and gave me a big old hug. And the first thing he said, <laughs> I never forget. He was, he was like, Don't steal from me and don't lie to me. And I'll look out for you hmm. forever. I was like, Steal? I don't need to steal from you. For what? I just go hustle and <laughs> get the money myself. Yeah. But he went through a lot of traumatic episodes with friends who like stole clothes and yeah. stuff around the time when we was younger. You know what I mean? So I get where he was coming from. And ever since then, man, man, he took me on two tours with him. Um, studio access, opened up his Rolodex to relationships, resources. Uh, I didn't been on movie sets. I was on Transformers one and two set. Yeah. I actually was 
going to be in Transformers 1. I was actually at Made It and just like the final couple edits and I got cut out. Put the little homie on. Yeah, he did. Like, <laughs> set me up. Crazy. Like, I met Michael Bay and Josh Dumal and all of them. Like, they built real relationships with these people because of Tyrese. I done been to Dubai and Sharjah and all. Like, Tyrese a solid dude, man. Real good person who goes through things like any other person from the hood who have a traumatic upbringing. You know, parents on, you know, dealing with you know, alcohol abuse, yeah, yeah, yeah. drug abuse, and you know, Tyrese used to like wash his socks in the sink at school. Like that's what kind of house he was. He like he had to live with my cousins now because it's just the situation was kind of unfortunate. So we only see what we see on social media, right? Mm-hmm. Like we see the breakdowns and we see him oh Tyrese tripping again. But for anybody who understand wellness, mental wellness, and mental health. There's a reason why this stuff is produced, especially in communities like Watts. But not trying to go all off yeah. to the left, but I just, there's an opportunity for me to yeah, let people sure. know like Tyrese is really a great human being. He has his ways where, like all of it, we don't agree with ourselves 100% of the time. So, how we expect to agree with somebody else, but Tyrese, from since I walked through those elevator doors, have always, you know, looked out. You know what I'm saying? He'd be the person be like, yo, he goes some money for rent. Why? Just take it. <laughs> you don't even got to ask for it. Mm. He'll just give it to you because he'll go do a show, go clean up 70, 80 grand and be like, he goes some money. Just take it. I don't want this. Take it. Come on. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he's, he's a great person. So anyhow, so that happened and we, I ended up creating a rock band during that process too. It was called Life Nine because I wanted to do something different. And I ended up signing that band to Tyrese's label. Listen, Tyrese had everybody under him at fifteen hundred and nothing. James Fauntleroy. Uh, yeah, he's on the. He just. He's on the Nas and Jay Z joint. Yeah, that just college. came out today. Yeah, yeah. yeah, James Fauntleroy, Hit Boy. Ooh. Uh, he had all of these people, like <laughs> on his floor. We used to call it the second floor. Like we was all there just making music, you know. But you know, things happen the way they're supposed to happen. Yeah. Um. And uh, Tyrese, you know, that's the Tyrese. The, we've spoken about masters yeah. a bunch of times. Can you break down publishing? Because a lot of people don't really understand the power behind that and how lucrative it can be if you have a publishing deal. So in layman's terms, right? Look at publishing like masters as well, mm-hmm. right? So when you write or produce a composition, there's um, publishing and then there's writers, writers here. There's two it's split up into two. Um, that is kind of, it's not the master, but it is the ownership of a song. Each song has publishing. Now, you can build substantial generational wealth through publishing, owning your publishing. That's why, you know, publishing companies will get mad at me, but you should never sign a publishing deal. You a shouldn't. Co- never. Not, not a co-pub deal. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck how much money they offer you if you're into this kind of thing, right? Um, just to give people an understanding of where the publishing market is right now. You got companies who are buying publishing rights and selling it to firms, big investment firms for billions of dollars because of how publishing generates income. You know, there's, um, you know, you got publishing and you generates performance royalties, there's sync 
there's mechanicals, there's all of these things that go into publishing. And I'm trying to simplify it, but it's not a simple thing. And it's purposely done to not be the simple, so the systems can make money off of it while we sitting back like, well, I own 50% publishing. How much am I supposed to get? Oh, 50%? But 50% of what? No one knows these answers. I just had this conversation yesterday that this whole market is fucked up. It's like a system of information that doesn't give us all of the information. Um, what I mean by that is, like, you for publishing, it gets split. The producer, technically, if you produce it, you get 50%. And the writer, writer gets fifty percent, right? Yeah. Um, however, if you do a co-pub deal, that means the publishing company owns fifty percent of your publishing, and the publishing company has to recoup the money they advanced you, and they're giving you a percentage of your percentage until you fulfill a commitment, which is called a. a I don't know if publishing companies still do this, but like MDRC is what they call which means you have a commitment to turn in four songs, right? You got a four-song commitment. Keep in mind, one song equals 100%. So that means if you collaborate with a bunch of producers and writers, you only get 30% of a song. Dog, how many songs is it going to take for you to put out? And they have stipulations in the terms that says this song has to be distributed by a major recording company. Interscope, Def Jam, Atlantic, you know, whatever. If it's an independent release, it don't count towards your commitment. Mm. If it's on an EP, it don't count towards your commitment. Shit, sometimes if it's not a single, it don't count towards your commitment. So you will be, you'll find yourself caught in these contracts with these publishing companies forever because you can't fulfill your record commitment. So these are the systems that are put in place to stop us from progressing and this is ownership this is like equity in your composition publishing is the equity in your composition master is the control equity, control, control of, of the composition, composition. Yeah, yeah. so you know so like the masters is like i want to put this song in a pepsi commercial whoever owns the masters has the right to do that absolutely the publishing is the people that actually get paid from the song the being song. in the pepsi commercial who actually created the song they created the song yeah. the writers yeah and the Producers. so technically the artists could not own masters and not own publishing either if they don't write. True. If they're not writing, somebody's yeah. writing for them, then they, and they're, they're not no publishing. They're not getting publishing yeah. no. or masters. Nope. So you did Iggy's first three mixtapes. Did you do yeah. the, the album too? They kicked me out. <laughs> the <laughs> Damn. Team, the team. Damn. So how that even happened was um, I was on my second child, right? Okay. And um, shit was tough. I went broke. Mm. Back to the original question. Yeah. Like, why financial literacy? I went broke. We was doing all of this stuff. She's now booming, right? Getting offers. She's with this company from London. And um, you know what I'm saying? Like, they invited me to London. Yeah. And it was like, we're gonna pay you for everything you did in the past. Need you to come out to London and finish this last mixtape because we finna start the album. We got these producers that's in-house. They fly me out to London. I finish our mixtape. So the day I finish, everybody disappeared in London. Left me in London, bro. Huh? By yourself? Yeah. Everybody disappeared. Iggy, company, nobody answering their phone, all of this shit. I end up getting back to London, right? I end up running into a dude named George who was 
who based in London, shout out George, man, who had an artist named um, um, Eliza Doolittle, right? He looked out for me. Yeah. And was like, you good, I got you, man. I'm gonna take care of you. Didn't even know dude. Yeah. Just got connected with him through a publisher, through at Universal Publishing or whatever. And uh, so they I called back. So they called me. Biggie team called me. Mm-hmm. And was like, yo, we want you to come on the road. Out of nowhere. I hadn't talked to him since I was left in London. Yeah. I just had my second child. Shit went broke. I'm like, yo, y'all gotta pay me, because I wasn't getting paid, bro. I wasn't getting paid. All of the shit that I was doing, Figgy, I didn't. I wasn't so getting paid. You didn't get paid. I probably made a total of like six hundred dollars through that whole run. How many man. songs did you write? Every song on Ignorant Art, because it's a mixtape. Because so remember, nobody's right, right, paying right, right, you for right, mixtapes. Right. The buzz is generating. She getting shows and booking shows, and I'm doing. I probably got a couple hundred dollars to to do the tour shit because I end up meeting the tour booking agent. And building a relationship mm. and i started to find out how much money was going out and then i started to get in the middle of the business and be like what the fuck is going on mm. but i was you know this was something that i developed and i it was hard letting go because this was like my baby yeah like the idea of it and um it was the biggest thing i had ever been a part of in the music business in hindsight right in thought and so um Yo, they called me and was like, we want you to go back on the road. I said, I'm not going nowhere until y'all pay me. What am I going to get paid? It was like, we're going to get back to you. You never called me. And that's how, that's how it ended. To this day. To this, um, years went by. Yeah. Fancy happens, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to homie Skeen, who was a part of that whole thing. Yeah. That was my little homie. Like, um, so she never wrote anything. <laughs> Just do it crazy. <laughs> Just do it crazy. <laughs> Shout outs to homie Skeen. Shout outs to me. Um, Shout out to you. That's whack, man. So she'll contribute in the studio here and there, like on depending on what song it is. Yeah. She has ideas. But I mean, I'm from Australia. Like still you know, white. That's, I, I had no black idea. culture. Like you need you're gonna need help. Yeah. You're gonna need somebody to do this for you. Yeah. You know, it's just scientifically, it just you have to. So um, fancy that whole run happened. You know, she got her number one. Shit's popping with the company who fucking left me out too. Mm-hmm. Shit hit rock bottom. Shit start falling off. Now we starting to see all of the bullshit happen. Now people don't trust her. She yeah. getting into it with Tip. She getting into it here and this, that, and the thing. Things are starting to fall. You already know what happens next. They call you. So the owner of this company. And if, when people look at this and they do their research, they're going to find out who she was signed to. And I don't give a fuck. Um, call me. The CEO of the company called. Hey, can we meet at the Beverly Hills Hotel? And I brought all my kids with me just so she could feel it. It's like, what have you been doing? I was working at Neiman Marcus, my nigga, at the time. Mm. In the warehouse. Making minute, like eight something an hour. A nigga who just developed this star. A nigga who didn't, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't have deals and all kind of shit. Like, and I had, this was off of, I ended up getting a pub deal off of Iggy Mixtape shit, though. Let's be clear. Yeah, yeah. I end up, crossover, crossover, spin move, layup, pub deal, and, and got bread from that. But then, you know, I didn't know shit about money. Blew through it, ran through it, empty. Um, 
met with the CEO of the company. I want to bring you on. I want to hire you for my, I want to hire you in, as an a and um, All right, not knowing that there was a plan why she wanted to hire me, but it all came to life as time went forward. A couple months go by, she put me with this, she put me with Bishop Nehru, shout out to Bishop Nehru from New York. Uh, I ended up building a great relationship with him and his dad. Fucking dope people, man. And that's how I'm, <laughs> I ended up meeting, not meeting Nas, but like reconnecting with Nas through that. Um, there was a kid from London named Zernail Fontaine. And then there was um, another chick from like New Zealand named Laurel. And I ended up doing their projects. Fire. All fire. Just like that. And I ended up putting a girl group together during this process. Next thing you know, I see one of the, the president or whatever for the company outside smoking a cigarette going crazy on the phone. So I walk outside. What's happening? Oh, just Iggy is driving us crazy and it's just so difficult. And wait a minute. Would you be willing to work with Iggy again? Uh-oh. Keep in mind, Iggy is going through a lawsuit at this time. They put my name in their affidavit. So I'm like, it's starting to come to life now. Why they need me to say Iggy ain't do nothing bad and all of this stuff, whatever. Long story short, they asked me to get back in the studio with Iggy after all this time. Remember, I ain't talked to him since they left me hanging in London. Now I work for this company who left me in London because I'm broke, nigga. I'm like, fuck, I got I got kids. So they paying me a salary or whatever. And they was like, can we get you back in the studio with Iggy? I was like, it's up to Iggy. It ain't up to me. I ain't do nothing. She the one who y'all let her or whatever, however we want to word this. And so I called Chords that same day. What's up, dog? I got something for you. What up, my G? <laughs> Out of nowhere. You ready to get back in the studio with Iggy? He was like, wait, what? Keep in mind, he hadn't talked to her since Ignorant Art. I had did three mixtapes with her. He only did Ignorant Art because we were trying to sign her to our company Drugs and she wouldn't sign to it for whatever the reason. Chords, the way he handles music is he protects it. He don't like it to get out. And a lot of artists don't like that. Like, I want to hear my music. And Chords is like, no, you're going to leak it. Like, he comes from that. Like, some people can't get with that. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? He don't like to release music when it's not done. He needs it to be fully produced, fully everything, live instrumentation, all that. Anyhow. I called Chorus. Chorus was like, fuck it, let's do it. No debate. He was like, let's do it. We get back in the studio. We spent a whole day just conversating with Iggy, kind of getting to know her again. She left that day. That night, I did 12 songs, nigga, in a six-hour time frame. 12 for a project that was going to be called Ignorant Art. I mean, uh, uh, Digital Distortion. One of the songs was called A Zillion that came out on SoundCloud that they leaked. And then another song was called Team. Team should probably be platinum now. This is in the height of her, when Erica Badu said that on BET Awards and was cl everybody clowning Iggy and she was Swaggy P and he, che like, the, oh, shout out Swag. P. Yeah, shout out Swag. Was like, she was going through all of that stuff. This is in the height of everybody hate her. The, that whole, that, uh, that rap she did on stage and everybody was clowning her when she sound crazy and like, like, this is in the height of all of that. We put out team, bro, and it went gold. And it charted on Billboard. Because I know the sauce when it comes to this, this to her. Because I developed it. Mm -hmm. And the next thing you know, nigga, the company start. She started rebelling against her company. They thought I was trying to manage her. 
and they end up cutting me out again. And guess what happened to Iggy after that? We know the rest. You know what I'm saying? So digressing back from that story to financial literacy. So I made money during these runs, right? And each and every time I would just spend, 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 broke. Spend. I got kids and a family. We live in an apartment in the valley. You know what I'm saying? So we got real bills and my kid is like getting older. My oldest right now is 16. So at the time, obviously he was younger, but we raising a household. And spin, 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 broke. After like the third time, bro, first book I bought was Automatic Millionaire. That was the first book I bought. And um, I can't remember the, uh, the author, but it was a while ago. And it tell you how to make your money automatic. Basically, check come in, set a percentage aside. Tell your bank that when a check comes in, move this to a different account. And you just got to be disciplined. You don't touch that. You don't have no card, no nothing to that account. It just money comes in. The bank has set it up where 10% of that check automatically gets transferred to this account. Automatic millionaire. And if you do that over the course of a pan, you can... And it shows you how to create a million dollars from that. Mm-hmm. That's money management. It's just simple money management. Not at the highest level, but just basic concept. Yeah. Then the next book I read was um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And the next book I read was... Uh, then I started reading like different things like Tipping Point and Outliers and mm, okay. uh, Blink. Uh, 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 Richest Man in Babylon. Different books like that. And I was like, this ain't so hard. It don't seem that difficult. It just takes discipline to really save money, to know what to do with your money. Then I started to, um, I have a partner named David Hill who owns a company named Vire, which is a streaming site. Shout out to Dave. And every day we would share stock information. Just two niggas. He from Philly. I'm from Watts. Don't know nothing about it, but we would, we signed up for uh, a Scott Trade account. Scott Trade. Yeah. Seven dollars a trade. Exactly. Now it's T D Ameritrade, right? <laughs> yeah. And we would he would be like, What you investing in? Let's just invest in this. We didn't even know nothing about it. But we got in the habit of just doing it. And we start to see our money incrementally grow. Because it wasn't like we had a lot of money to yeah. play with, but we could see how it works. That made me start looking into people like Warren Buffett, people like that. And I started to see what he put his money in. I'm like, this nigga's money is in stocks, the majority in investments. Hmm. So then I started to mimic with these power players. Uh, uh, Jack Ma, uh, fucking um, Warren Buffett, like all of these people who play with stocks on a high level. I started to see what they invest their money. Then that's what taught me what a dividend was. Hmm. Then I would look up on Investopedia. <laughs> yeah, Investopedia. Great site. Very yeah. useful website. Yeah, great Man, site. Great crazy. Site. So Investopedia, and I started to really get interested in finance. I mean, I don't know about everybody out there. When I was five, six years old, my teacher said uh, we were going over numbers. Quick story. And we were going over tenths place, hundreds place, thousands place, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I said, uh, we went up to a million. I said, teacher, what's up? What's after a million? teacher was like two million it was like i was like no 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 no. 
like 999, you know what I mean? What's after yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, a billion. I was like, what's after that? A trillion. What's after that? A quadrillion. What's after that? A fillion. Yeah, it's crazy. I said, what's after that? Six trillion. I said, I want that much money. Mm. I was six years old, bro. So this already was in me. And it wasn't like agreed to do whatever it takes to get it, but it's just like, I know if I had that, what I could do for the world. And that's just the type of person I've always been. So anyhow, I digress. Um, so I would go on Investopedia. What's a dividend? Like, what's, what are bonds? How do mutual funds work? How does all of this stuff work? And then I would share, you know, obviously go back to the books that I'm reading. And I would share this information with my wife. So I was my wife, you know, the backbone. And she, um, she was, sounds good to me. Like, I wish you would have took the money you had from these pub deals and shit. <laughs> bought some real estate or something. But, I mean, we here now. Like, I got your back, whatever you, and I just started. Then I, I just went ham. Like, I got a stash account and a Robin Hood and a TD Ameritrade. And I got a Goldman Sachs retirement account. And I just started opening all these things um, until I really figured it out. And then I would people, my family, like I did my mom's budget. I started doing people that was close to me, like setting up their financial plan. I even took a class on life insurance. I took a class on um, retirement accounts. What's IUL and, you know, uh, different type of life insurance policies because that was something I didn't, I didn't know nothing about life insurance growing up. I mean, we used to go fund me signs. Yeah. I mean, now, but back then it was just like standing in the street asking people for money to pay for somebody's funeral. Fish fries. Hundred percent. Real yeah. talk. Not, not knowing that, oh, you could have been paying like thirty dollars a month for some term. I mean, I mean that's for those who know that shit. Yeah. But it is what it, I mean, yeah. thirty dollars a month. Yeah, for sure. That's still could have paid for your funeral and might have left some over. That's a fact. With the right one. And so I started to do these plans for all of my family members. And that's when I started to develop the knowledge. Then I started to apply it to my own personal. And then from there, I just got a, a love for like financial literacy, love for finance. I even, I'm taking a class, a class at Yale right now online for uh, managing funds because I just want to know investment funds. Mm. I just want to know. I'm not trying to work for nobody, but I do want to get brothers, kings like us, queens. Let's put our money together and move it here because the science of it is, you know, you carry the one. There's chances of this company will go up based on the probability, blah, 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 blah. Like, I'm studying all of that shit. Yeah. How they do it, or supposed to do it, um, that's what I'm studying now. So, so how'd you get how'd you get that in the schools? Because you have you, you're in yeah. schools now, right? In yeah, LA, yeah, yeah. LA County. So shout out to Principal Ra. Um, he's part of OSG. Shout out to OSG. Shout out Dang. to OSG. Yep. Yeah. Shout out to Dennis. Yeah. Um, Dennis, big man, big big shot, Dennis. Um, Principal Ra, he's a call it revolutionary educator, right? He does things that no principal. I ain't gonna say no principal because everybody in OSG is revolutionary, but far as LA County, I've never seen nobody approach education like him. So I, Principal Ross school started maybe three years ago. It's called a public service academy. It's almost like a public and a charter school combined. 
where he kind of can do his own thing, but he's still under LAU, owned by LAUSD. Mm-hmm. So Principal Raj from Compton, and he just like, bro, he hit me on Instagram. Yo, I see what you're doing in the community. I want to invite you into my world, to my school. I got about 200 kids right now. Um, it's only 9th and 10th and 11th, or 9th and 10th at the time. I don't have no expectation. I don't know what we can do, but let's put our heads together and see what happens. He didn't think I was going to respond. I was like, sure. I came up there, did a tour of the campus. This dude got laser cutting room, 3D printing room, uh, AR room, computer room to do digital graphics, like student music. Stu- like he got all this shit out of school. How did he get the funding for that? Just made it happen. Yeah, man. <laughs> the God. You know what I'm saying? Most high. Like praise. Praise the most. Um, and I was like, yo, we just we just need to put our foot on the gas on this thing, man. And I'm like, if you open to do whatever it takes, then I'm willing to pull in resources. I mean, Principal Rao was like, fuck it. <laughs> Let's do it. You know what I mean? And one of the first things we did um, was financial literacy class. I, part, I was partnered with Bank of California because of the LAFC soccer club. Hmm. Bank of California, you know, for those who don't know, all banks have a CRA department. CRA is respond. They have to do things in the community, especially for low-income communities. By law, there's a state, I think it's a federal thing that they have to abide by when you charter a bank that you have to do these things. Like they have to allocate so much funds and do things. Because I knew this. I'm like, yo, I'm, I went to Bank of California. Doing a financial literacy program. I need you to back it. You know, give me the pay for your banking officials to come to this school. We're going to teach this class. Principal Rod brought the kids. I brought other people from the public. We had like 160-something people in our class. Ninth through 12th. Ninth through 11th and adults. It was a six-week course. This was our first one. Bank of California, they ran the first one. Trash. It was horrible. It was horrible. It was a disaster. The kids was falling asleep. Wasn't, like, really popping. So I was like, I got an idea. Week two, started it off with a Nipsey verse. Uh, the dedication, you know what I'm saying? I wrapped that verse. Anti-salvation. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, the wafers. Come on, man. <laughs> Shout out to Nip. Rest in peace, man. To the king, to the yes, guy. Rest in peace to That's Nip. a great verse to um, use. <laughs> so I started the whole class off with that verse. So now the kids is, oh, my. Dang, what's about to happen today? <laughs> and wait, where's this at when they put it This in? is in Watts. Oh, Watts? Okay. Yeah. It's at University Pathways Public Service Academy. That's what they call it, the U. Um, and it's only a one hour and a half class. So I started off with the nip first, then we go into breathing. Because when you breathe, you know, we did breathing exercises, you allow information to process better. So like a, it's just like clinically proven. Um, we did that, so now they're ready to learn. Boom, we go into money management and credit that day. And I, so first the instructor teaches, and then I come right behind them. Like, one of the things, so on one of the days, I remember this vividly. It was so dope, man. I, so I knew we was breaking through to the kids. These are ninth graders, bro. Never had no financial literacy, nothing in their life. 
we were talking about public and private companies because we was dealing with stocks and investments and stuff like that. I was like, who know what a public and private company is? Kid raised his hand. Um, public company, McDonald's. I said, there you go. I said, what's a private company? He goes, my homie bike shop. I said, <laughs> that's it. Like, that's how you know you breaking through. Yeah. So then we, you know, then by week three, week four, and I'm jumping in. So the instructor would say what's on the presentation, and then I would come in. What they're trying to say is, you know, predatory lending is like on Instagram when they send you that click this link here, and you end up getting your thing hacked. You know what I mean? Oh, well, not predatory lending, but like uh, uh, credit scams and stuff like that. That's what he was talking about. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's like that. How many people didn't got that link in their Instagram talking about click this link? And then me, I'm like, that's credit scam. You got to watch out for stuff like this. This is what it looks like. You know what I mean? Don't put your information in to avoid. They get it. Now they know. Sound familiar, Shadi? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds very familiar. So, so um, you know, kind of towards the end. Now, like week five, because it's only six weeks, we introduce everybody to Robin Hood. Robin Hood didn't give me no money for this. They didn't even know. I'm going to get my check. <laughs> 160 people, bro. Kids all downloaded it to their phone. Stash and Robinhood. Everybody invested in Bank of California just because they did the class hmm. and they partnered with ThinkWatch to do it. The kids set up their accounts. Obviously, their parents set it up for them. Came back, had like $10 in their account, and they all invested in fucking Bank of California, bro. That's dope. The kids now know. Like one kid, we would do exercises to put a whole money management thing to pay for something else, right? So one of the exercises was this one kid was like, I want to buy some Yeezys. Shout out to Ye. Um, so I was like, okay, so you, how are we going to get there? How much money do you get a week for lunch? And it's like, I get like, I get $50 a week. I'm like, damn, man, you get $50 for lunch? This week, right? He go to watch. He watch. I'm like, what's your mom and them do? But anyhow, I mean, people take care of their kids. I don't care. You could be broke, but you will give your kids your last. So he got $50 a week, right? I'm like, tell me everything you buy during this week. Oh, I get Takis every day. I get a cookie. Takis heavy in the streets. Man, AM, PM, Big Gulp, like every in and out. A meal every single day. So we did an exercise. I was like, so let's take Tuesdays, Thursdays, you cut out everything that you spend your money on and let's move that to a side pot. And we did the math. The nigga face blew up. I was like, all I got to do this and I can get my Yeezys in like two months. Oh man, thanks. It's just basic principles. Mm -hmm. You show these kids how to do it, they'll do it. So I just start falling in love with stuff like that, right? From that, at this school, working with the schools, what we were talking about, in the Clippers, right? LAFC, I got the thing with LAFC. Shout out STEM, uh, Larry Bird, Rich, Larry, all of them over there. Um, so I did a theme song for the team. Adidas ended up supporting it, became a partner after that. We shoot this crazy video. One of the first videos and theme song for an MLS soccer team ever. Popped off crazy. Clippers get a win to that. Mm -hmm. 
hey, we want to. So, no, DJ Dents. Let me stop lying. Shout out to DJ Dents. He's a DJ for the Clippers, official. Yo, we need a theme song. Nobody fuck with us. They won't give us. <laughs> I'm like, well, you called the right man. <laughs> so I do a song in like two days. Right, it took me a, a day to get for the for the Clippers. For the Clippers. So no no LA rappers wanted to do theme song for the Clippers. They're just Who? so loyal to the Lakers. Lakers, man. So Lakers. Yeah, they got Snoop. Clippers don't really got anybody. I mean, you know, they got sticks. Mustard beat it. They got sticks. Well, they didn't. Don't ever play at the time. Never play Shout out to Kenya Barris. He be at the matches, all, I mean, the games all the time. Kenya Barris for a dead, grown-ish. Yeah, yeah, black-ish, yeah, yeah, yeah. Black as fuck. I feel like, like we're in his house right now. I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it from the, to, um, his show. But... Yo, Kenya. <laughs> uh, so um, I do the song. DJ didn't say, this shit, fire. He start playing it at the games. So when they run out the tunnel, he plays a theme song every game. Mm. VP of operations hears it. What's that? He's like, oh, this sticks. It's like, this fire. He's like, I want to license it. Oof. I was like, so didn't say, yo, put me in an email with. Shout out to Matt Pay. Good dude. Matt, like, yo, send me an email. I want to license this. What is it going to cost? What I was like, nope, I want a meeting. He said, excuse me? In the email, it's funny. It's yeah. like, yo, what? Excuse me? Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> like we're having a conversation. Yeah. I was like, nope, I want a meeting. Excuse me. He's like, all right, let's set up a meeting. We're going to meet. I'm sitting in front of Matt. So Matt's like, yeah, I want to license this song. You know what I mean? And I want you to perform at halftime. It's like, no. He's looking at me crazy. Like, and he's looking at, he's like, why not? I was like, because it's bigger than music. What our relationship is going to be. I was like, tell me. So I was like, first, I played him the LAFC video that I did because it wasn't out at the time. Massive. I'm going to make y'all watch it before we leave on that TV or something. Yeah. Crazy. So then he was like, man, I want to do this. I was like, it's bigger than this. He's like, tell me. I was like, I ain't focused on no money from y'all because I know y'all got a lot of it. Steve Ballmer is very wealthy. I'm not focused on money from my pocket. I'm focused on money for my community. Matt said, wait. No artist, nobody we've ever booked, worked with, or partnered with, like that's a person, has ever said that they wanted to do something for the community. And Steve loves to doing stuff for the community, genuinely. I was like, well, you find the right guy. They said, what you want to do? I said, I want to build basketball courts in the hood because I seen y'all got a program where y'all refurbishing courts at parks. Matt said, let's see what we can do. One week later, he hooked me up with Denise. And Gillian Zucker, Gillian Zucker is the president of Clippers Ops. Hmm. President. I took him to the U. Shit was fucked up over there, bro. It's fucking course was beat up. The gym was slippery. Keep in mind, this gym is home of the Drew League, where the original yeah. Drew League was. Okay, because Drew League's in Compton now, right? It, it moves around. Now. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. So this is where the original Drew League was at this gym. So it has legacy. Is that with the green wall? Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, Clippers was like, had no idea about the history of nothing. Didn't even care. They was like, Gillian came to Watts, bro. She had a 15-minute window. I had to drive from the valley back to Watts to catch Gillian because he called out of nowhere. It's like some president shit. Oh, Gillian's on her way to Watts. Hold on. <laughs> left where I was, dog. I left my kid at school, bro. How many people you calling? I'm like, yo, Kai, man. I'm like, yo, stay here. I'm going to come back and get you whatever. 
So, um, came there, bro. Gillian, man, walked around and say a single word. It was me, Denise, Gillian, and shout out um, Sheldon, who was a part of the whole process, and Isabella, right, who's on my team. And so we're doing a walkthrough, and Principal Rise right there, and we nervous because we like. I don't know why we was nervous. She was just didn't wasn't talking, just looking around. Like that, just like that. We walked through one hallway and it was a fucking picture of a fucking penis. And a kid <laughs> drew, on drew on the wall. Yeah, like, suck my dick. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you like, don't look over, oh, look over here. Right. Martin Luther oh. King. Like, 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 I was like, no. I was like, it's over with. It's over, gone. Somebody called, somebody called a, whoever. Called Portland. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, Gillian walked out, seen everything, bro. Looked at the course and said, we walked towards the end of the gate. She still didn't say nothing. She's leaving now because she got to go to another meeting. We get to her car, damn near her car. And I was like, so what do you think? She said, let's do it. That was it. Got in her car, left. So Denise goes, okay, so we need to get this going. What do we need to do? Dog, six in six days, we did 16 basketball courts. That's crazy. An entire gym <coughs> refurbished, like indoor basketball gym. The Jehoma, the Drew, and it's now the Clippers, Think Watts Community Court. Clap it up for that. Yeah, that's yeah, incredible. Yeah, yeah. yeah appreciate yeah, it. Appreciate so 16 yeah. court, where's the 16, like 16 outdoor courts? On the courts? playground, yeah, yeah. In different neighborhoods? No, just in the playground, on that one. Oh, there's 16 courts that people can play at? Yeah. 16 basketball courts? Yeah. Like Venice Beach, like yeah, like back to back to back yeah, to back. Yeah, yeah, How many yeah. kids in the school? Shit, at that it's a it's a middle school and a high school combined. So it's Drew Middle School and the U. I don't know, maybe about eight hundred. I'm assuming total. a lot of people from the people not just in school come. It's just a regular. Oh yeah, open, it's now it's for the community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just yeah. saying. So like, sixteen courts. That's, that's a lot of courts. That's like oh yeah, that's huge. We could do a whole that's tournament a complex. there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Do y'all do tournaments there? Uh, no. You should do like eight to eight. We should like a three on three joint or something like that. Oh, yeah. We do an EYO or something. Let's do it. EYO. Yeah. No, let's Think do it. That's a fact. That's a fact. Easy. Easy work. So Mark that down. I, I thought that this the next thing I'm going to ask you about was part of it, but you also got free memberships to Planet Fitness. So Planet Fitness, seen that. Planet Fitness, is, I think, is a partner of Clippers, too, but they okay. seen what was going on, reached out to me. How can we work together? I'll say, easy. Let's go to schools that have weight room yeah. and let's refurbish them. And turn them into Planet Fitness gyms. No school is going to tell you no. They was like, great idea. We'll pay for everything. <laughs> wow. Weeks. Turn their, their weight room into a Planet Fitness gym that's free for staff and faculty and students. What, the, same, the same school? Same school. The morale of the kids has to be at an all-time high. They're seeing oh, all these things it, happening. Love it's it. like, now I want to go to school. So, so look. Uh, chronic absenteeism skyrocketed down like 90 they the u had was in the top three of lowest chronic absenteeism and for those who don't understand what that is chronic absenteeism mean kids um, not going to school exactly yeah, yeah. right kids were coming to school because they wanted they wanted to be there Good. exactly it's the environment just from these refurbishments and these enhancements on renovations right test scores grades through the roof through the roof. Bro, it was 
it was like we looking at the data, me and Rod looking at data and was like, dog, this is crazy. And I was like, this is the blueprint. This is how we changed hoods. Take these corporations who have, who can do, this don't cost them nothing. These fitness gyms, let's just take that, for instance, weight rooms or whatever. They have to refurbish their equipment once a year. Like you can't keep the same equipment in the gym. You got to train, you got to get rid of it. And what do they do with that? They auction it off, mm-hmm. give it away, or they junk it. Nuh-uh. Bring that over here to a school in need, turn their gym into whatever Blink Fitness, Equinox, you know what I'm saying, Planet Fitness, whatever you want, and donate the equipment here. And they'll utilize it. People going to be taking, kids going to be taking selfies and all that. You're going to get the brand recognition. And it's a tax write-off. Tax write-off. Right. And then we can activate it. Send an instructor down once a quarter. Do a workout with the kids for PE, whatever. And so those are the type of programs that I'll be developing and putting together. How did you, so how'd you reach out to like, so, all right, the Clippers thing, you said how that came about. Mm-hmm. Planet Fitness, how'd you get that? And that you just randomly called They, they reached out to me. After, after the Clippers After situation. the Clippers thing. Mm-hmm. They reached out to me. Um, actually, don't give me the line. There was somebody at Power 106, the radio station. And I'm crazy because I can't remember her name. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. She connected me with Planet Fitness because Planet Fitness was doing something with Power 106. And she told them they needed to meet with me. And I said, all right, cool. And that's how they was like, didn't have no intentions. They was like, what can we do in the community? Because they told her they wanted to do stuff in the community. I was like, this is what we do. And they did it. Stay what they were. Yeah, you've been doing a lot. I mean, obviously, if they don't know your history, you're feeding families in your community. You did the stuff with the schools. A lot of times people will come up to us mm-hmm. and they've heard about the, the program we ran mm-hmm. in, in our community mm-hmm. and they're like, I want to do that. I want to do mm-hmm. that. How do I get the funding? And I know one of the things that you hold your hat on is you're doing these things with little to no funding. So how? Connect with these brands and these organizations and these corporations, man, because they'll be connected to resources that want to do this already. Like, for instance, Dodgers, right? I'm a partner with the Dodgers, too. First of all, real quick, too. Talk, Talk to him. Talk to him. Yo, man. Talk not, to him. Not Hove. Shout out Hove. I can't wait till we meet. You know what I'm saying? Not Snoop. Shout out Uncle Snoop. You know what I'm saying? I'm looking. You know what I mean? First artist to be a partner with LAFC, professional MLS soccer team. Los Angeles Dodgers, professional MLB team. Los Angeles Clippers, Professional NBA and Los Angeles Rams, NFL. LA. The four majors. The four majors. First ever. You tell me somebody else in any other city who has done it, and I will wait. All right, like I said. (laughs) So, Dodgers, for instance, right? They have their partners with food, different food vendors, LAFC, different food vendors, you know, Rams, all of them. And they're too big to do everything, right? These organiz- these sports teams. And like, So they connect with organizations that got boots on the ground. Mm-hmm. Because I know this. Yo, Dodgers, I do food drives every week already. You want to tap in? Absolutely. What dates can we do? We got 38-pound food boxes that we can give out every single week. You want to be a part of it? Absolutely. Boom. LAFC. We need it. We got Farmer John's and we got all of these different things. We want to um, do something in the community. You have access to the community. Can you do these drives? 
So that's how I connect the dots. People who want to do it, but don't have the boots on the ground to do it, I just connect with them, bring my boots on the ground and my team, we get the boxes, we serve the community. Simple. And um, yeah, talk about that. So serving the community, you do vegan meals, I believe, in, yeah. your, in your neighborhood, right? Shout out to all the vegans in the world. I am a, ve- I am a okay, with respect to the vegan community. <laughs> <laughs> I have made a dietary choice to become a vegan in regards to my diet, right? I'm still, I'm going to officially transition like with shoes and all of that stuff. No mink, no more mink coats. No more minks, man. <laughs> no more minks on the floor. <laughs> Can't ning- Chinchilla. Ring, get money anymore. Chinchilla. You know what I mean? Um, uh. So, um, what I like to do is practice what I preach. Like offer these dietary solutions to the hood too. I even tried to bring a Trader Joe's and Whole Foods to the hood. Like they was like, no one's gonna buy from Trader. Trader Joe's would never work in Watts. Like people tell me that literally. Yeah. Anyhow, I'll show them. Um, so what I Beyond Meat was one of the partners. Shout outs, hashtag lunchbag, who made the connection for me and Beyond Meat. So um AJ from Hashtag Lunchbag partnered with Beyond Meat. They wanted to distribute like a million hamburgers or something like that. And so AJ hit me up, was like, yo, you gotta do this with us. Like you tapped in and watched. There's impossible for us to do it alone. We can't do a million burgers. Like, so he has a, a restaurant called Hilltop. Shout out to Hilltop. It's in Inglewood. Uh, Issa Rae is one of their partners and on one location. And I think he has like three locations now. But in, shout out to Hilltop in Inglewood. Um, so he tapped into Think Watts. AJ was like, yo, help me with this. So what I did was connect with all of the schools in LAUSD. This is during the pandemic. I'm like, yo, I know these kids hungry. Mm-hmm. I know these kids don't really know their parents at work. Like, well, how they going to eat? So I just started hitting up all of the schools in Watts and said that I'll put a team together to deliver Beyond Meat Burgers directly to their doorstep. And that's what I did every single week for like nine weeks in a row. Wow. And so we would bring hamburgers right to these kids' doorstep. They would come out happy, bro. They're not even vegans, right? right? But I got to deliver the Beyond Meat Burgers. Beyond Meat didn't know what was going on. They just knew they was giving out burgers. Mm-hmm. But they didn't know the story. They probably still didn't to this day know what was going on. But um, that's what I did. Um, more vegan distribution. During the month of uh, March, Women's History Month, I partnered, I used my own money, like, and paid vegan uh, food distributions owned by women, small businesses, bought like 200 meals and donated them to the community. So one company was Estrada Vegan Sisters. Mm-hmm. Uh, they make uh, vegan Belizean cuisine. Fire. Fire. Um, another one was Oki Vegan. They make like a different thing, like vegan dishes and things like that. Um but then outside, like, so I always, and then I, I do these health fairs in the hood. So in these health fairs, we have like vegan vendors come and serve food. And I also give them alternative medicine, like dandelion root, burdock root, sea moss, uh, different things like that. Turmeric. Like all of that stuff, bro. Um, instead of like the traditional Tylenols and all of these different things and yeah. medicines, because um, health is a big part of what I'm trying to make awareness for in the hood too 
shit, if we, we ain't gonna be able to spend no money if we ain't living. Right. That's a fact. So, what do you, for Watts, like we always hear, you know, one side of things, whether it's any, any neighborhood in LA, like whether it's Crenshaw, Watts, Compton, Watts, you think of the Watts riots, you think of obviously, you know, gangs. Um, well, what's the other side? It seems like I haven't been there. Hopefully we get a chance to go tomorrow. But what what is your perspective on Watts as far as the community? Um, are you optimistic about the community? How has it changed? Is it changing? Is gentrification happening? Like what's the, for the people, like give them a window in the world. Cause you hear about these neighborhoods and you just hear what you see on TV. We don't really know exactly what's going on. So can you kind of give them a, yeah. peek, a peek into the, the world? So, I mean, in order to tell that story, you got to kind of touch on history a little bit, right? For some reason, not some reason, I know the reason. Watts um, has been purposely, systemically oppressed because of the history of what I mean by that. During the second migration, African-Americans when they migrated to Los Angeles. From, migrated- from Chicago? Oh, from Mississippi. South, Mississippi, Mississippi yeah, yeah. Louisiana, mm-hmm, Arkansas, yeah. to escape slavery mm-hmm, mm-hmm. during the migration. They came to California. Yeah. Right? Some people went to the north, mm-hmm. but a large influx came to Los Angeles. Yeah. Guess where they came? They came to Watts. The population went from like 20,000 to 200 and something thousand. Watts was the most populated area of African Americans on uh, in California at one point in time in history. Mm-hmm. So then we started to see things like the real estate covenant back in the day, mm-hmm. redlining, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, we spoke about that. Yeah, that's when that started to kick mm-hmm. in, and they started to box us all in one space. And that's when like they started to pull resources out, and now we got like. Games and yeah. Yeah. even the design of the railroads exactly was designed to keep you everyone blocked in one area and y'all stay in this area we're gonna move over here exactly yeah there's a true story man um where i think in the 80s because the 60s was the watch rebellion known as the watch riots 80s was a little bit after that watch been going through this continuous cycle of just oppression right systemic like purposely planted things right um, there was a big train wreck in Watts. Fucking the carts popped open. Mm. For days, no one came and did anything. So now the people in the hood go up to these carts like, damn, this shit, nobody came here for days. They open these chests, guns, <laughs> couches, and drugs. Mm. This is how they got guns. That's in crazy, man. This is a true story. Was this bro. in the 80s? Like the 80s. Yeah. That's crazy. This is a true story. This is the height of when the game. Like the crack, crack era? Yeah, bro. How are we going to get in there? Oh, we'll do a train wreck. Because of, we got the train tracks yeah. there. So let's send a train down there, fuck it up. And remember, get- firearms and drugs was heavy in the 80s. It's Reagan era. Yeah. So yeah. we know what's going on. I ran Contra. This is how they got guns in the hood. Blame Oliver North. Come I ran on. Contra. I ran Contra band that he sponsored. Man, don't do that right now. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm going to get me off. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, um, so, 
Watch has been going through this because they need to oppress our people and keep us here. Remember, at a point in time, because of this covenant, white people wasn't, I mean, black people wasn't even allowed to go out of Watts. The police would pull you over and beat the shit out of you. Like, my dad told me this, this story. Yeah. He was like, this was real. My mom is like, my mom in her 70s, like, she know this too. That's why my mom had never been outside of Watts. Unconsciously, not until I started to see life and pull her out. And she, like, never left Watts, had never seen the 405 or the 101 freeway. Mm-hmm. Because of the oppress, like not even knowing that this is. It's like the Truman Show. You ever see that movie Truman yeah, Show? Yeah, hell yeah. Because yeah. yeah. they say like most people stay within a four mile radius of yeah. where they, and it's like some people never even leave their neighborhood, literally. And it's like not by physical boundaries, but they create mental, mental. boundaries to just keep you in. And then geographic boundaries, like a highway or, 100%. you know what I'm saying? Something like that. So it's like, you got a lot of neighborhoods where people literally just stay in their neighborhood. Absolutely. So with Watts, right? And I'm going to get to the, with Watts, through history, it's been over and over again, oppression. So right now, obviously, you're going to see some traumatic episodes that people get murdered, you know, like any hood. You know, a uh, lot of crime, not a lot of resources, not a lot of fucking... Um, just shout out to Principal Ra. Call him yeah. um, not a lot of uh, opportunities, right? However... There is a, I'm going to add some more stats too. It's important to know. Watts, water system is messed up too. The air quality is messed up. This is all designed. You lose 12 years, LA County did a study, and you can look it up, anybody can look it up when they watch this, that you lose 12 years of life living in Watts compared to like Beverly Hills or other areas because of the water. It's nuts. They're trying to kill us any way they can down in these communities. So this is one step. So, however, think about what Watts has produced. It is known that Watts has produced more iconic figures or impactful figures throughout time than any other place in the world. I'm not just saying this. I'm not even guessing. Mm. This is a real, true statement. The only thing closest to Watts about figures that it's produced is Egypt. It's a real study, bro. So who's some of the people that so, came out of like, Watts? People that we know. Tyrese. You know. Uh, Top Dog. These are people we know today. But Charles Mingus, jazz musician. Florence Griffith Jr., um, Olympic gold medalist. Mm. Uh, Charles Wright, 103rd Street Band, The Whispers, Etta James. Like, uh, um, uh, shoot, man. There's so many motherfuckers, man. Sticks. Sticks, <laughs> crazy. The you president know. himself. You might have heard of him. Man, you might have heard of him. The ruler of Shake Sticks. <laughs> um, so, um, without just going on and on about it, but and then history, you know, Watch Rebellion, different things like that. Uh, the Second Migration, you know, everything that came out of Watts that moved outward. Everybody, everything started there and then moved outwards to the West Side, to Compton, to started in Watts first. So there's studies in history that proves all of these points. Um, there are iconic uh, landmarks, like Watts Towers, right? That's projects, right? It's a, it was built by Simon Rodia, Italian guy. Okay. It's literally a monument. Made but out that's of, what's on your hat? Yeah, yeah it's like okay. the Watts Tower. Yeah, uh, it's a, a rendition of the Watts Tower. Okay. Uh, but it's really like a, 
hood light bulb that represents power mm. and it represents an idea okay right so um so you got the watch you got the mafundi building so the mafundi building is home of the watts writers workshop which was developed after the watts riots uh, a place where individuals from the community come get right like poetry learn how to script write music record music it was home of father amdi and the watts prophets i'm gonna start some controversy with this watts prophets are the creators of rap music not hip-hop rap watts prophets because remember there's the last poets <laughs> you know, i know it's hard to New York. You know that, i know right? it's hard to last po- i'm not talking about hip-hop i'm not talking about yeah, Bronx. yeah, yeah. It's different. Right. It's a totally different thing. Like right. the last poets rap where they was yeah, like that's rap. poetry. Poetry. Yeah, okay. That's rap. Okay. So last poets used to rock with the Watch Prophets. Rap was created by the Watch Prophets. They're the first ones to do it. Then obviously the last poets, they'll probably tell you hmm. straight up. So last poets, obviously East Coast mm-hmm. held that down. Watch Prophets was all West Coast. Just split. It's only two halves now at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but Watch Prophets were the creators of rap. So, and um, with the, there's a book that's about to come out, uh, like Ebonics. They were a part of creating Ebonics. Can somebody gave me a history lesson yeah. the other day on that. I, I mentioned it during uh, E40's interview. Yeah, bro. That's the DM. West Coast thing. Yeah, yeah, somebody That DM. came from Watch Prophets. So, like I'm saying, it's impactful things that we all have adopted yeah. throughout time that all started in watts this is at the mafundi building this is in watts right uh the train station that they're trying to sell to this greedy white dude that we trying to fight for to get back um this is where people came in at black people from slavery this train station they're trying to sell it to it shouldn't be sold to historical historical landmark yeah you know what i mean so it's stuff like that um there's so many uh, other things going on in Watts. So I say all that to say Watts is headed. There is gentrification. But you can look at gentrification two ways. Negative, positive. If we owned our own block, then gentrification wouldn't affect us. But we have to get the education, right? Here, and here's where we start that. Number one, what's the first thing we do? We get money, right? You say, I'm getting up out the hood. Go buy me a house. Why? I don't think that's smart. When you think about it, how do schools get money? Property tax. Property taxes. Mm-hmm. You get rich. You from the hood. Why not just build your house up, increase the value? Property taxes. Mm-hmm. Now you putting money back into the schools that's in your hood, right? You get more resources, but you need enough people to do that yeah. right to make them when you move out of the hood you're paying property taxes for little jimmy yeah. that ain't got nothing to do with educating people that look like you not only that you paying the rent for the police that's harassing you in these communities you're paying the the taxes you're paying is for that police department in that city mm-hmm. so that means you're paying police to harass you so we move out of the hood with the concept of getting a better life, but really you're actually a part of the system. That's I think that narrative was created. That's what Jay said. 
So buy your own neighborhood before them people do it. Claim an eminent domain Dang. and have your people move in. Come on, man. It's kind of a glimpse of what we was doing. Story OJ. Yeah. Yeah, that's the Nipsey joint, but oh, the Nip, yeah, 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 Nipsey joint. Look, so why not? We we can reverse that cycle by okay, I get bread. Fuck it, I'm gonna buy the house down here, buy the house down here. Let's build it up and go back. In fact, I'm gonna buy this property over here, flip it, turn it into a cloud kitchen or whatever. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Hire the people in the hood. That's economic development. Now they're spending money. In their own neighborhood, they're making money, bringing it back, paying property taxes. Now it's going to the schools. The schools start to build. Now our voice becomes stronger. Like we need financial literacy in this school. We need this at this school. We need these type of teachers at this school. We need the teachers to look like this, talk like this, feel like this, act like this at these schools. That's how you do it. But it's been so many years of the cycle uh, broken down to where it's hard for us to figure that out. But we got to break up all of these narratives like move out the hood when you get it. Yeah, you can get you a crib out the hood just to have one. But don't leave the hood where you're not putting any money back. Mm -hmm. The easiest way to put money back in the hood is just pay the property taxes. Because now you focus. Now you got education. Now you got resources. Now the state and, and, and the city, they got to send money and shit like that because of the amount of money of the people that's in the neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? So Watts, Watts is, I digress, Watts is now moving towards where people like me and like the tops and stuff like that, positive gentrification, right? We can't get in the way of what's already set in stone. Like these these huge organizations that bought property and bought the housing projects and returning them into townhomes and condos and like there's nothing we can do about that. But what we can do about is what we already own. And these new developers that come in that buy up this land that open up retail plazas is partner with them. Community organization agreements. Okay, my duties are I'm going to do these food drives and do all of this thing and bring a positive influence to the community, to your plaza, and make sure they don't fuck this shit up. But for that, you're going to give me 10% equity in this plaza, in this development. You need me because I have the people who are going to patronize. They're going to spend money here. Mm -hmm. So you need me. That's what we got to do with these companies, these developers that come into our neighborhoods, set up malls and shopping little centers. And these are the deals we should be doing as a group or as an individual. Come to them and say, this is what you need. You know, that's what we're working on. I'm building something called the Watts 3030 Vision, I'm trying to turn Watts into the black Silicon Valley. So we're going to be developing tech and uh, we, we're installing these water filtration systems in the hood to address the piping, the bad water. Um, I partnered with Jaden Smith and 501c3 is not a nonprofit organization. Mm. Shout out Omar and uh, Drew Fitzgerald. Is that the Aqua Equity campaign? So Aqua Equity is I own, I That's own yours. a piece of that. Yeah. Okay, Go okay. buy some Aqua Equity right now. Get a case. <laughs> um, so uh, Aqua Equity, aluminum can, environmentally safe. Don't yeah. deny. We like very environmentally conscious. The whole story behind the founders and the people, it's all black, you know what I mean? Um, and I just want people to dig in a little, aquaequitywater.com, go check it out. So 501c3 and Jaden Smith and myself came together to address, they first started in Flint. They addressed the Flint crisis, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. building these filtration systems, right? Because the water's fucked up. What this filtration system does is it removes all the lead, impurities, and toxins out of the water 
and filters it and turns it into fresh drinking water or whatever you want to use it for. 100% pure, mm-hmm. fresh from the system that was created. Shout out to Jaren who uh, created the system. And um, the goal is to install 10 of them in Watts. We've already done two. We're working on a third probably in the next week or two. And basically, um, we're addressing this water crisis in Watts. So we've been installing them all throughout the hood. And um, that's a man, that's huge deal, man, big deal. And uh, so we're doing things like that, right? So we're building systems like that. The next thing we're building is these um, machines that could pull CO2 from the air and recycle, refurbish it or whatever and push out air fresh quality? air quality, fresh mm-hmm. oxygen. So we're going to be installing these little sensor things all over the city to where it's producing good air quality in the hood. Like we're working on that technology right now. Like uh, we in the NFT space, right? Uh, we're doing coding classes. We're doing that. Starting a new um, financial literacy debit education thing called uh, Think Pockets, right? Um, debit card allowances, teach them about money. Um, you know, they can invest. Kids in the hood can get their own little debit card, invest, and donate to charities, different things like that, right? We're building all of that in Watts, everything. We got the program, the sports programming. We got the uh, produce your own clothes. I remember the episode when y'all was talking about y'all was using Printful and all this. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we're going to, we're building that in Watts. We got all the equipment. Yeah. We got everything there already, right now, as we speak. The equipment is there, so now it's just setting it up. And um, so that's why I'm like, we're going to be developing technology and everything. Watch. They thought we were playing when we said you're the president. We're not oh, playing, yo. This is real yo, deal. Um, yo, check it. We're not playing with you The y'all. president sitting with the other the rulers that got there. <laughs> y'all talking that shit, man. This is y'all. a small council meeting. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fact. Yeah, man. Not only addition. Sticks, I appreciate you, man. Um, Thank you, man. Boys, you like to leave the people with uh, all your contact information, social media, initiatives, all of that. Man, uh, thinkwatch.com, thinkwatchfoundation.org. If you want to donate, show some love to the foundation side. Um, at Watch Sticks on everything, Instagram, Twitter. I talk a lot of shit on Twitter. <laughs> uh, you want to talk sports, you want to talk anything. Clippers winning the, the finals this year. Um, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Brooklyn definitely not winning in New York either. I just want to nah, I'm busting shots right now. <laughs> no, nah, shout, uh, shout out to KD. He rock with some of the homies from Watts. So, okay. um, so Think Wise, Think Wise Foundation. Man, hey, man, food drives, financial literacy. That's what I'm about. Yeah, we pulling new tech, up. New tech ventures. Um, it's all open, man. I just want the world to know especially our people, that it's endless possibility out here, man. And I know we up against a lot of oppression, a lot of trauma, but if just dream. Just continue to dream and turn those dreams into a reality. Take action. All it takes is action, and you could change the world. That's it. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. Troy, housekeeping items? Yeah, shout out to everybody on Patreon.com. I'm proud to pay program. Obviously, our tier five members have access to EYL University, the number one school for business and anything in the entrepreneurial world. Uh, so shout out to all the earners that have been a part of that. Shout out to everybody that's been supporting the merch. Earn the season. Earning season is here. Man. It has arrived. So shout out to y'all and, and the whole team. 
I've been in uh, Smitty out there holding it down for us. And uh, yeah, man, love is love. You know that. Yeah, shout out to everybody in LA, man. You know, I, I thoroughly enjoy it every time I come out here. Yeah, I'm definitely going move out here, man. It's a Come vibe. on, man. It's a vibe. <laughs> Come on, man. Y'all got y'all belong here. Spent <laughs> enough time in New York. I ain't go front. Hey, I was in New York for a second uh, uh, when it was Clinton Hill. Okay. And now it's what Williamsburg. <laughs> yeah, that's just it's different. New, new Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's a fact, man. But yeah, shout out to everybody and all the neighbors. Everybody always show us love. We was in uh, Crenshaw. We went to Simply Wholesome. Simply Wholesome. Oh yeah, man. Get the meat pies, man. The yeah. spinach yeah. and the cabbage joints. Yeah, we was in Simply Wholesome. And uh, yeah. a bunch of guys. They're like, "Yo, earn your leisure. I rock with y'all." Da da da. Y'all famous, um, man. So y'all yeah, celebrities. Man. <laughs> we coming to watch. Yeah, we coming to watch. Come that's on, a fact. Man. Yeah, we coming. Watson's, Watson's Watson's gonna love you i mean you know you might see a couple of stray dogs nah so good bro um thank you guys for rocking with us we'll see you next week peace 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 my graduates from my school being forbes bag drop bag drop <laughs> a mic drop bag drop bag drop Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.